Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Good afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Not Just the Sports Report. This morning for me, Australian time, I'm going to jump in to my UFC London thoughts and comments. Now, the card started around 1am Australian time. Main card started about 5am. So I was actually watching at a friend's and then I caught an Uber home after the prelims because, to be honest, the preliminary action was Definitely lacking, in my opinion. A lot of clinching up against the cage. So what I'm going to do is I haven't watched the main card. What I'm doing right now, I've got Mason Jones, Ludovic Klein in front of me, the featured prelim, which when I came home, that is about exactly when I fell asleep. Now, I blame falling asleep on those first couple of matches. We started, what I'll do, I'll jump through the prelims and... Then I'm going to watch the main card live. So I have no idea what's happened on the main card. It will be live reactions. But firstly, I'm going to start with the preliminary card, which, as I said, was lacking. So I won't spend too much time on it. Firstly, we had Nicholas Dolby. It was an all right matchup to get us started. Nicholas Dolby getting it over Claudio Silva. I picked Dolby by decision. Nicholas Dolby got it done as well by decision. And that one, not heaps to report on. Both guys' UFC futures potentially on the line. And Nicholas Dolby getting the win. So that's about all there was to that one. But the former Cage Warriors welterweight champion getting the night started. Then we had Mandy Bohm up against Victoria Leonardo. That one, yeah, I, I wasn't feeling that. It really didn't set the tone, especially watching with friends. Um, and yeah, just didn't set the tone right at all with two very slow matches. Mandy Bohm, Victoria Leonardo, I had Bohm by decision. Victoria Leonardo ended up getting it done by decision, basically just based off of having plenty of control time against the cage. So another fight with not much to report on, Victoria Leonardo getting the win, but I don't think she'll move up the divisional ladder at a super high pace after that one. After that, we had Jai Herbert getting it done by decision over Kyle Nelson. A little bit more action in that, but yeah, again, not much to report. I had Jai Herbert winning by knockout, and he won by decision. So another one not huge to report on, but I know this main card's going to be huge. Jai Herbert getting a much-needed win, but definitely showing some signs of scarring after that brutal knockout at the hands of Ilya Tapuria. I still do believe that Joe Herbert can go on from here. He's a really quality veteran. But yeah, that one, he got the win. Again, nothing super impressive. After that, Mohamed Mokhaev took on Charles Johnson. I said Johnson was going to be a test for Mokhaev. Now, we saw that Mohamed was clearly the better man in the fight, winning by decision. But he did, like, Charles Johnson was a test. He was getting out of the submission attempts and Mokhaev was trying really hard. So that one, Mokhaev, he definitely was the better man in the fight. 
And he moves up, the youngest fighter in the UFC. His hype still growing and he's still young, so plenty of time to gain that experience. A win is a win, and I would have to say I'm more impressed with that win, even though he didn't get the finish, than the first three fights of the night. So Mohamed Makayev returns to London, gets the win over LFA flyweight champion Charles Johnson. After that, JSP, Jonathan Pierce, and Marquand Amerkani. Basically, exactly what I said was going to go down was what happened. I said that Marquand was a real threat of getting the win in the first round. But after that, I, I thought it was just the safer bet to go with Pierce, who I presumed was going to be better in the second and third. Pierce ended up getting the win by technical knockout. And yeah, that was a good one. At this point as well, how many fights have we had? One, two, three, four, five. Four from five head to head up to this point. So my head to head picks on point. I took JSP in that one. I had JSP by knockout. So another correct prediction in the bag. I'm still not sure as well how the main card goes down. I did pick plenty of knockouts, got knockout fever. But now, after seeing the start to this card, the preliminary action, I'm a bit worried. Anyway, after that, we had Nathaniel Wood, best performance of his career up at featherweight over Charles Rosa, who is just such a tough motherfucker. He, like, his leg was compromised so badly. He took a lot of big shots from Nathaniel Wood. And he got through, got through to the, uh, was it decision or TKO? I can't quite remember. I believe it ended up going to decision, but I could be wrong on that. Again, I watched it at like four in the morning, had a bit of a sleep. I'm pretty sure that one went to decision. I'll fact check that a bit later. But Nathaniel Wood, what I do know is that that was a very clear cut victory for the Englishman. Now it's quite exciting, Nathaniel Wood. That was where business I felt kind of picked up. Nathaniel Wood stamping his authority in the division and proving that he is definitely a prospect to keep an eye on. So huge win for Nathaniel Wood over Boston Strong. Charles Rosa, the longtime veteran of the UFC. That's a good win to add to your resume to slowly, you know, build yourself up into some significant matchups. After that, we had Mark Jacasey, Damir Hadzovic, I took Ducasey by decision in that one, and that's how he got it done. To be honest, I was in the Uber home at that point, and my Uber driver, a lot of, lot of chat for a bloke at like 5 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, but I, I was down for it. Wasn't a long, wasn't a long ride, and I was like, look, I was planning to just watch the UFC, but you know what? Like, we got 20 minutes to kill, and yeah, he was telling me about his electric car. Interesting. But I tell you what was also interesting, Mark Jacasey getting that win. And after his last performance, that's now two straight victories. Jacasey has crowds back as well, which I think works really well in his favor. And it looks like Mark Jacasey is back for a run of some kind of significance. We don't know how far he's going to go, but definitely good to see the Englishman pick up the win. And that leads us to the featured prelim, which I have on right now. So... Basically, what I'm going to do is just watch this fight and I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. And then after this featured prelim, we're going to jump into the main card. From this point, even the featured prelim, I don't know the result. So you're going to get my raw live reaction. I've stayed off Instagram. I've stayed off Facebook. I've fucking, yeah, stayed off, I don't know, LinkedIn. The whole shebang. I'm off the whole shebang until I know 
what happens. So some really high-level matchups. Obviously, the main event, heavyweight action, Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades. And in my preview podcast, I spoke about how it seems like Stipe Miocic, John Jones' interim title fight is the go. Winner of that faces Francis Ngannou. And I think in that time, we're going to see the winner of Aspinall and Blades up against the winner of Cyril Gan and Tai Tuivasa, the matchup taking place in France very soon. So this is a huge heavyweight main event. We've obviously got Paddy Pimblett and Jordan Levitt in what is one of the fights I expect to be the funnest on the card, given the personalities of both men. You've got the co-main event as well. You've got Molly McCann, Meatball Molly. You've got Volkan Uzdemir, Paul Craig. And yeah, it's going to be a banger of a contest. Of course, that co-main event, Jack Hermanson and Chris Action Man Curtis stepping up on short notice. One of the fighters who I am a massive fan of ever since he debuted in November last year. He, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's cut his teeth elsewhere, and I am so pumped to see Chris Curtis in action. First of all, though, I'm going to jump into this featured prelim, Ludovic Klein, up against the Welshman Mason Jones. I've gone Mason Jones by knockout, but we'll have to see how this one goes down. Okay, it is the final minute in round three of this featured prelim. Mason Jones definitely down on the scorecards. Not too sure about round one, that was really close. But definitely rounds two and three to Ludovic Klein. 30 seconds left now. Looks like Klein is destined to win by decision. And in my opinion, really, really impressive performance from Ludovic Klein. Very well-rounded. And for Mason Jones, he seemed to have got in his head a little bit. Came out in the second round with a lot of urgency, but he got dropped. And Ludovic Klein just had that control, definitely had the edge throughout the entire 15 minutes, especially the last 10 minutes. And Ludovic Klein picks up a huge win, hands Mason Jones only the second loss of his career. And the former Cage Warriors lightweight and welterweight champion looks like he's lost inside the UFC again. But look, I enjoyed the fight. It wasn't super next level. But it was very effective in the way that Ludovic Klein had the control. He was active as well. He landed some really nasty strikes on Mason Jones. And I'll check the scorecards, but yeah, it's definitely a Ludovic Klein decision win. So that one I got wrong, but huge credit to Klein. That was an absolutely breathtaking display of his skill set. And for Mason Jones, he's still got time. He will learn, and he's going to be able to piece everything together at some point. This fight, though, it belonged to Ludovic Klein. He's got the clear-cut win on the decision, and now it's time. I didn't know the result for that one, and to be honest, the preliminary action left a lot to be desired in my mind. But what is not going to leave us lacking, I believe, I still have faith this is going to deliver in every sense of the word. At least I do hope so. It's time for the UFC London main card. Let's get into it. Let's jump straight into the action with our main card opener. Kicking us off, we have got a really fun 
fun light heavyweight clash between Switzerland's Volkan Ustamir and the Scotsman, Paul Craig, the Bear Jew, coming off what was an incredible performance last time out in London, securing the submission finish over Nikita Krylov. And look, I think the fans are going to be right behind Paul Craig here. This is going to be a phenomenal way to open the proceedings. And I'm going to put the preliminary card to the back of my mind. Let's move forward. I have full faith this main card is going to deliver. And for this opener, whilst I was going to go for Paul Craig by submission, I just thought Volkan's going to be spending his whole camp around that and how he can effectively utilize his own skills. So I've gone Volkan Uzdemir by knockout. Excited to see how this one goes. Really hoping it's an action-packed contest no matter what the result. But now it's time. Light heavyweight action, Paul Craig, Volkan Ustamir. I'll be back in just a moment with my thoughts and comments. Okay, main card officially opened. Volkan Ustamir getting a decision win over Paul Craig. That one, it was an interesting one. There was a lot of time wasted from Paul Craig just laying on the mat, which it's understandable. He wasn't laying there for no reason. He did want to chase that submission, but as I said, I thought Volkan, excuse me, um, his just camp would have been revolving around defending those submission attempts and how to not get submitted in that fashion. So look, they were both in the light heavyweight top 10. Paul Craig in the eighth spot, Volkan in ninth. That at least moves Volkan Ustamir one spot up in the top 10. So that's a still a significant win for him. I, I like that from him as well. The Swiss fighter, really good to see. Unfortunate for Paul Craig, but yeah, I think he still has deficiencies in his game and he's at the back end of his career. Given that then you have Volkan Uzdemir, who I still think he's hitting his stride and there's more to come from him. Light heavyweight, a division as well, where there's plenty of question marks around the long-term makeup of the top 10. Jan Blachowicz, he is at the back end of his career, also has talked about going down to middleweight, potentially. Then you have Glover Teixeira, he is also at the tail end of his career. You have someone like Dominic Reyes, where there are a bit of question marks, he hasn't had a high level of activity as of late. So there is a real chance for moves to be made inside this top 10. Of course, two weeks time, the fight night main event, Thiago Santos up against one of my favorite prospects in the light heavyweight division in Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. That is gonna be a banger of a contest and we're gonna to start to see some shifts within this light heavyweight top 10. So very interesting, not the last light heavyweight fight on this London card either. So I'll jump to that one soon, but Volkan Uzdemir getting a hugely important win. And up next, we've got women's flyweight action, the hometown sensation. Meatball Molly McCann had one of the best knockouts, if not the best knockout I've ever seen in the women's flyweight division up against Luana Carolina. That was last time out in London. There is a hell of a lot of hype surrounding her, given her association with Paddy, the baddie Pimblet. And opposing Meatball Molly is gonna be Hannah Goldie, who's looking for the biggest win of her career. This would be huge for Hannah Goldie. I think she does have the skills to get it done, but in the end, I've gone Meatball Molly to get this one done via decision. And I'm just 
I'm a fan. I've really liked what I've seen from Meatball Molly. She's starting to put all the right pieces together. Got a bit of experience under her belt as well. And I just think she's going to be primed and ready for this contest. In saying that, women's flyweight is one of those divisions I struggle with. Um, you only have to look back to one of the only two fights I've got wrong head-to-head on this card. That was Mandy Bohm and Victoria Leonardo in the women's flyweight division. Not a lot of movement from the winner there in Victoria Leonardo as well. But the winner of this fight between Meatball Molly and Hannah Goldie, well, then they start to work their way up. So very exciting times for both. I've got Meatball Molly by decision, but really excited to see how this one plays out. So gonna sit down and watch this women's flyweight clash now. Be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. Fucking oath. Fucking oath. That was dope. That was performance of the night easily on a card that has somewhat been lacking. We have our huge moment. We are officially started. Meatball Molly with a massive first round knockout of Hannah Goldie. She let her hands go. It, it might have been a bit slower at the start, but Meatball Molly, that, that was incredible. I'm honestly speechless just after seeing that. That's that's huge. Like Meatball Molly, now I think she's really moved herself up. I, I I I'm fucking stoked. That was huge. That was absolutely huge. We see she just goes this overhand. She rocked Hannah Goldie and then went this spinning back elbow and just let her hands go. It was incredible. That was by far head and shoulders the best performance of the night so far. She is absolutely getting some bonus money. I think we now have someone who's making a genuine claim to work their way up the rankings in the women's flyweight division. You can't tell me, look, eventually, if she keeps winning, you can't tell me a potential fight of Valentina defending the belt somewhere like England against Meatball Molly. You see Patty Pimblett as well backstage going absolutely crazy. That, that was incredible. Meatball Molly, she's a genuine star. She's done this twice in a row now in a division that is not known for knockouts. That, that was spectacular. Meatball Molly, hands down, the best performance of the night so far. And now I'm excited. Now I'm excited. I fell asleep after the prelims. It was a slower start getting back into it. Thank you, Meatball Molly. That, that was unreal. The fans are stoked. That's brought the fans right into it at the perfect time with only four fights to go now. So Meatball Molly is a star. Dana White, he's going to be giving her a bonus check, no doubt. She's well and truly set the tone. That was my favorite performance of the night so far. Undoubtedly my first, not just a sports report, performance of the night. So that is undoubtedly going to be one of them. Hopefully we see some more. But holy shit, Meatball Molly McCann, what a moment. So stoked for her. And that, that really gets things going for the crowd. And once Patty comes out, it's going to be crazy. But Meatball Molly, congratulations. Biggest win of her career. And now she's really putting the pieces together. And she's become a genuine superstar. Molly McCann over Hannah Goldie. We have four fights to go. Up next, I believe, is light heavyweight action. We've got the returning Alexander Gustafsson, who I believe he's seen an opening in the light heavyweight division, but a lot of people writing him off. A lot of people feel as though 
His time's done. It's passed him by. For Nikita Krylov, he's coming off that loss on the last London card to Paul Craig by submission. This is going to be a really intriguing contest. I'm actually going to be supporting Gustafsson, but I've gone Nikita Krylov by knockout. Just given, I think I've been swayed by how much people are writing him off. Maybe they're seeing something that I haven't. I still have faith in Alexander Gustafsson and overall really excited for this light heavyweight contest. So I'm going to jump into it now. Light heavyweight action between Nikita Krylov and Alexander Gustafsson. Damn, son. Damn. Damn, Nikita Krylov, like, as I said, won by knockout. Very impressive on his end. Now shit's really getting started. Meatball Molly kicked off a chain of events that I'm excited for. But yeah, man, Nikita Krylov just came out wild in that first exchange. And yeah, he, he dropped Gustafsson. And yeah, wow. Wow. He just landed like this uppercut. And Gustafsson was out. That... Yeah, man, that sucks, especially after all the talk about Gustafsson and how a lot of people wrote him off and for it to go down that easily. I mean, is that the last we see of Alexander Gustafsson? I'm not sure. So that, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer, but really, really good for Nikita Krylov. He avenges that loss up against Paul Craig last time out. And that that's another Not Just a Sports Report performance of the night. I'm only going to hand out three performances if there are fucking three finishes, hopefully. Um, two to three performances of the night, and of course, we're gonna have the fight of the night, not just a sports report, fight of the night. Only three fights left, the three big ones as well, but Nikita Krylov, I'll quickly touch on that. He's someone who now establishes himself within that light heavyweight picture as well. Really interesting, over the next year and next year as well, 2023, I think we're going to see a lot of movement around the light heavyweight division. So very interested. For Alexander Gustafsson, that is devastating. But congratulations to Nikita Krylov on a massive win. Now we set our attention to what could be the most highly anticipated fight on this card. Obviously, we have the main event, but this could in a way be considered the people's main event. You have Paddy Pimblett, the Paddy, the Batty. This is going to be huge. Up against Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King, who I'm a huge fan of. I, it's going to go fucking mental if he wins and twerks on Paddy Pimblett. I never thought that is something I would say in a UFC podcast. Uh, but like, holy shit, this is going to be such a fun fight. I actually think this is going to be fight of the night. I think they'll test each other. I think they'll be quite evenly matched. I think this could be our fight of the night. Paddy Pimblett, Jordan Levitt, definitely going to be a fun one. Lightweight action. The winner of this, it's going to be really interesting going forward. Obviously for Paddy, his trajectory is just skyrocketing upward. But for Jordan Levitt, a win here, that totally changes the game for Jordan Levitt. And he could find himself in another really big matchup. So huge step up. You've got Jordan Levitt, who's been fighting in the apex, up against Paddy the Batty. And look, this is insane. We've got the lights. He's about to make the walk. I'm gonna sit down and watch this in full, enjoy it, and just soak it in. So we've got Paddy the Batty Pimblet up against the Monkey King, Jordan Levitt. 
This is going to be so much fun. I'll be back at the end of this one with my thoughts. And also, as you probably know by now, my comments. There you go. Uh, Paddy Pimblett gets the win by second round submission. Twerks on Jordan Levitt, for goodness sake. And it was just electric. When he made his entrance, the whole atmosphere of the arena changed. He has everyone captivated. Does Paddy the Paddy Pimblett. He's a cheeky bugger, isn't he? Uh, that that was a really fun fight. I, I just, wow. Meatball Molly and Paddy the Batty, what a night it's been for them. Paddy achieving the finish, the first man to earn a stoppage victory over Jordan Levitt, who actually I think was winning the fight up until that exchange. But yeah, Paddy just got the back and he had to work to get it as well. Jordan Levitt was defending really well, but it was this game changer when he had the neck and they were still standing and then he just hit this brutal knee that dropped Jordan Levitt. He had to take his time, did Paddy, to really wrap the neck up of Jordan Levitt, but you could see it immediately once he actually had, you know, secure security and he had the neck wrapped up. You could see it in Jordan Levitt's eyes. Like, you could see it in his face. He was like, oh, fuck, fuck. And yeah, that, that was definitely, definitely going to be a tap out. So Paddy the Batty Pimblet continues this roller coaster of momentum will be interesting to see. Does he fight in the UK next? Or are they going to bring him over to the United States on a pay-per-view or something like that? What remains to be seen is what's next for Paddy, but he gets a huge win here in London by submission over Jordan Levitt. So there you go. Paddy the Batty continues to roll on 3-0 inside the UFC, and he's arguably the hottest star in the promotion. I think Paddy and Kamzat Chumayev, those two, I'm not saying they're the best, comes out could be, but definitely those are the two who have the biggest hype surrounding them. Paddy the Batty Pimblet, he's someone that even a casual viewer can enjoy. He's kind of transcended the sport already, is such a character, he's a larrikin, and he's just himself as well. So there's so much to love. Paddy the Batty Pimblet getting a massive win, five fight win streak now, with the record standing at 19 and three, as we see vision of him going for the twerk there on Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt laughed, you know, that's good. That was a good natured one. Someone was gonna twerk. We knew that, and it was Paddy the Batty, Pimblet in the end. Former Cage Warriors featherweight champion, now making a run inside the UFC's lightweight division. What a star we have on our hands, folks. But now, after Paddy the Batty and Meatball Molly, they are the ones who've really got the crowd going. Of course, Paddy finishing five of 19 wins. He, he's a superstar. Never in a boring fight, as he says. Everyone entertained, including Steve-O. Fucking Steve-O, fuck's sake. There you go, Steve-O entertained. Uh, I, apparently, yeah, apparently not, not the best guy. Interesting. Anyway, enough about Steve-O. Paddy the Batty Pimblet, huge win. Now it is time for the co-main event. And this is gonna be a really interesting one. We've got action man Chris Curtis stepping up on short notice up against Jack Hermanson, a really big matchup. Whoever wins this can start to make a very significant run inside the middleweight division. So 
Chris Curtis. I've gone Chris Curtis by knockout. There's just something about him. A lot of a lot of me says like decision, but I'm just backing Chris Curtis in here. I'm such a huge fan of the action man and head to head so far on the main card, everything right. So all the fights so far, six, seven, eight, nine. I think I'm like nine from 11 overall head to head on this card. So once again, gotta be tuning into those premium predictions. The methods needed some work, but my best work has always been done on the pay-per-views. So do not forget that next weekend, we have got UFC 277, headlined by Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena, Pena defending her women's bantamweight title, and my premium predictions will be out during the week for that one. I'm, I'm going to work really hard on the methods this week because the head-to-heads, they are continuously there. The proof is in the pudding. Now it's time to really nail down the methods of victory. UFC 277 next weekend, but now it is time to jump in to the middleweight co-main event, action man Chris Curtis, Jack Hermanson. This is going to be so much fun. I'll be back after this fight with my thoughts and comments. Okay, well, the the end to that one, it went the full three rounds. Jack Hermanson, unanimous decision, like he absolutely dominated that fight, just frustrated the hell out of Chris Curtis, and Hermanson was all over him. That was an absolutely clear-cut victory from the eighth-ranked middleweight, who, with that win, he gets a win back in the winner's column over a teammate of Sean Strickland, who beat Hermanson last time out. But honestly, I nearly fell asleep again, and then it was, it was Jack Hermanson and Chris Curtis right at the end there. And there was beef. I, I don't know exactly what about. And even at the decision, Chris Curtis, he, he flipped the bird right to the face of Jack Hermanson, gave the thumbs down. I don't know what's doing there. I'll, I'll look into that. But yeah, that, that was probably, that kind of woke me up. I was feeling like I was going to fall asleep. And then I was like, hold on a minute, some real shit talk. They muted them. So they were just like, yeah, obviously going at it. And then Chris Curtis, like, it seemed like extreme couture. His corner had to kind of really talk him in to even going to the decision. He gave the thumbs down, gave the middle finger to Jack Hermanson. I really don't know what that was all about, but I don't think Jack Hermanson will care. He was smiling. And yeah, I picked Chris Curtis, but... Jack Hermanson, clearly, that ended up being a mismatch. Hermanson, significantly better. And now we can see why he's in the middleweight top 10. With a lot of things changing around the division as well, very interesting times at middleweight. Hermanson retains his spot in the ninth or top 10. Fucking my English, whoops a daisy. I'm just excited, okay? But I also did nearly fall asleep during that one. What I'd like to see next, I want to see Dracus Duplessis up against Jack Hermanson. I think that would be a really fun contest. Hermanson, I think a win in a contest like that would propel him back toward facing the, you know, the top five guys and working his way to a title shot. So Jack Hermanson cannot fault him at all there. He had a great display. Did I nearly fall asleep? Yes, but... That was just because it was such a mismatch. So unfortunately, action man Chris Curtis, one of my favorite rising fighters, even though he's a veteran inside the UFC, he's had a fantastic last 12 months. But yeah, I don't know what's doing that. That was really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious. Um, 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 um.
it's kind of what I sound like sometimes. Um, I'm very curious. So we'll have to wait and see if any information on that comes out. But the most important part of that, in the co-main event, Jack Hermanson getting it done by unanimous decision over action man Chris Curtis. Speaking of action, man, well, we've got our main event coming up right now. It is the heavyweight showdown between the number four ranked Curtis Blades and you've got Tom Aspinall. I believe he's number six. And this is, this is just going to be an incredible contest, a truly incredible contest. The winner of this, in my opinion, fights the winner of Taito Ivasa, Cyril Garn. And that would be a number one contenders fight. We obviously know Stipe and John Jones in the works. Let's see what happens there. And Francis Ngannou, let's not forget about the champion. He's still on the shelf. But heavyweight is as hot, arguably, as it's ever been. This is such a pivotal contest for the division going forward. Nobody wanting to be matched up against these guys. Tom Aspinall, we've only seen him in the cage for less than 15 minutes. It has taken him, fight time-wise, to get to this point where he is a megastar, second time main eventing the O2 Arena. We know what happened last time. Absolutely incredible scenes, raptures outside of the O2 Arena. Tom Aspinall getting that round one submission win over Alexander Volkov. Then I believe it was the weekend after, Curtis Blades round one knockout in a main event in front of fans, a fight night. I can't remember exactly where, it was in the United States though. And Curtis Blades, he let his hands go, knocked out Chris Dorcas in the first round. This is a hell of a matchup. I haven't had a real standout fight of the night yet. And if this goes into the second round, this could be it. But it's hard to tell. I've gone Aspinall by knockout. But yeah, Curtis Blades, the winner of this. This is so huge for the heavyweight division. Winner of this, in my opinion, faces to winner of Tuivasa versus Cyril Garn. The heavyweight division, my goodness. Aren't things taking shape? Do not forget as well, next weekend, Derek Lewis up against Sergei Pavlovich. That is going to be a really big contest. If Pavlovich wins, then he comes into contention all of a sudden. And if Derek Lewis can shut his lights out like he has done to so many men before Pavlovich, well then Derek Lewis, he's still right back, right amongst it. It'll take him a few wins to get back there. I think there is a hesitancy. And he, he he's coming off a loss. So yeah, Derek Lewis, interesting times. Still a huge fan of his though. But now, let's look forward to this main event. I have no idea on the result. I am so keen to sit down and watch it. Taking Tom Aspinall by knockout. But I, looking through, other than maybe a Cyril Garn, up until facing someone like, like, let's not have Stipe and John Jones in the conversation to fight someone like Tom Aspinall. Like right now, that wasn't the plan. They're going to fight each other. So if you take Stipe, John Jones... Francis out of the equation. I think the absolute hardest matchups for Tom Aspinall, who is a megastar on the rise, are Curtis Blades and Cyril Garn. So he could potentially be facing them back to back. This could be the making of something very special. It's had that feeling ever since Aspinall set foot inside the UFC. And this, this could be the real turning point, the real statement. But a statement could be made on Curtis Blade's behalf. He could win, immediately insert himself into that heavyweight title picture where he's been there or thereabouts 
for a long time now. So he's put the pieces together. I think this could be the best version of Curtis Blades that we have seen. And the same said for Aspinall. This is going to be one hell of a main event. UFC London. It is time. After a pretty lackluster prelims, the main card, there's been some moments that got me going. None more so than Meatball Molly, I have to say. But now, now it is time for the main event. Heavyweight action, Curtis Blades, up against England's own Tom Aspinall. Alright, so it's main event time. As you know, or if you've listened to the podcast before, usually at the end of each round, I'm going to check in. But this first five minutes, like, we've, we've not not seen Tom Aspinall fights go for very long. So what I'm going to do for this main event, I'm just going to go from the very first bell for the, for the first round. And then at the end of the first round, if this goes the full five rounds, I'll go at the end of second, third, fourth, and fifth. But there's something in the air. There is something in the air after those walkouts. I have no idea which way this is going to go. But Tom Aspinall, there's something special about him. So I have a lot of anticipation around this. They're about to kick things off right now, coming to the center of the octagon. So I'm interested to see, do they start fast? Very fast. Curtis Blades lands the first couple of shots, but Tom Aspinall, man, they are going for it. This is already, you know, this is what we've wanted to see all night. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh my goodness. It looks like an injury to Tom Aspinall for the second weekend in a row. Man, oh, that, that's fucking devastating. This, this London card, man, it just hasn't gone down the way we thought. This is devastating. I don't know exactly what that is. It looks like some kind of knee injury, man. And Curtis Blades, he's not happy about it. Oh, fuck. That is not good. And I, I still think off the back of this, if it takes Aspinall a little while to recover, we see he went for like a leg kick and yeah, something just happened in there. They started so fast as well. The, the promise of that fight, oh, it's still, I don't know whether that's a no contest or a win. I'm going to tune in and have a listen in a second. But I still think if Aspinall is on the shelf for a little while, I think you just go Curtis Blades. He's proven up against the winner of Tai Tuivasa and Cyril Garn. But that is devastating that is such a devastating way for the main event in front of that london crowd to go oh second weekend in a row fuck that is a major bummer i'm gonna have a listen now i'll be back in just a second and yeah i'll, I'll give some thoughts after the official decision and get a little bit of extra info hear what the fighters have to say if they interview them and yeah wow Wow, this London card, hey? Things just things just didn't go down the way I hoped. The definite highlights, obviously. Meatball Molly and Paddy Pimblett. Nikita Krylov with a big knockout as well in his own right. But man, oh, that hurts. That definitely hurts. So yeah, unfortunate there. Curtis Blades gets the win. That, that's, as you can tell, very flat. So I'm going to have a listen now, get a bit of extra info on what is exactly going on, hear from the fighters, and I'll be back in a second with my deflated, unfortunately flat thoughts and comments 
on this main event. Okay, so yeah, it looks like a significant injury for Tom Aspinall. So, so unfortunate. He will be back, and yeah, I don't want to dwell on that one. That That's really rough for Tom Aspinall. He's still going to be a special talent, and yeah, it wasn't the funnest night, to be honest. The the Paddy the Batty Meatball Molly combination was really what what got this card going, but yeah, man. Unfortunate, very, very unfortunate, but for Curtis Blades, he's healthy, he's fit. I think he faces the winner of Cyril Garn, and Taito Avasa. I've said that for a while. I've said it plenty of times today. I think it's the way that it needs to go down. So ultimately, if we look at the matchup, Curtis Blades, he's got the win. He's got through this unscathed and he came out with intent. It looked very exciting right from the get-go. For that reason, I think Curtis Blades, he's been around. He has a proven track record. And I think he faces winner of Gan to Avasa. Then we have Stipe, John Jones, winner of that faces Francis. And then potentially, I think whoever wins out of Curtis Blades and Tuavasa slash Garn, well, then they can challenge the winner of Francis Ngannou and the winner of the interim fight between two of the greatest fighters the UFC has ever seen in Stipe and John Jones. Very exciting times for the heavyweight division, but that was a very flat finish. Unfortunate end, but you know what? Look, we'll finish off on a positive note with my performances of the night. Fight of the night, no no real standouts, to be honest. I'm going to go Paddy Pimblett and Jordan Levitt, just given that that had some real energy about it. And it went into the second round, and yeah, there was no intent really on the undercard. So I'm going to go Paddy Pimblett, Jordan Levitt, fight of the night, but... Yeah, there was no real standout. Then performances of the English of the night. Performances of the night. I've got Meatball Molly right at the top of my list. Her first round knockout over Hannah Goldie. That was easily, in my opinion, the best moment of the card. I think Meatball Molly, she's bringing it just as hard as Paddy Pimblett is. Pimblett, one of my other performances of the night for his submission win. So fight of the night and performance of the night for Paddy the Batty. And my other performance bonus, no money given from me. Sorry, fellas. And ladies, Meatball Molly, congratulations. Best performance of the night. But my last performance bonus goes to Nikita Krylov. Made it look very easy. So I think an honorable mention as well, Jack Hermanson, totally dominated in his fight. The card overall, look, it wasn't my favorite. I thought the last London one was better. Still some moments overall, and we're seeing some massive stars on the rise. Other than that, though, that is it from me for UFC London. These have been my thoughts and comments. If you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure to follow us over on Instagram at NotJustASportsReport. Also, follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, and you'll be able to see during the week once my UFC 277 preview and predictions. Once that drops, it's going to be good. I'm going to focus in really hard. I'm feeling a really good card there, and I'm feeling a lot of wins and a lot of correct predictions. So do make sure to tune into that. But until the UFC 277 preview, that is it from me, UFC London Thoughts and Comments. And until next time, take care. Thank you.